button has been clicked or tapped, I should say. That's uh, that's that's the hip slang is to uh, to, to uh, tap it. Yeah. Uh, happy uh, Wednesday, April 26, 2023. Here we are. Breaking this, news. Uh, Assault uh-oh. weapons ban and now officially law in Washington state. So how are we here still? Because evidently the universe stops if people can't buy guns at convenience stores. They should make disposable guns. The NR- the NRA should brand a disposable gun. Um, call it Click instead of Bick, and uh, you know, let's shoot some people. Well, in Washington State, I'm just I'm just pulling this up now. Washington State is the epitome of we would need guns for self-defense or hunting like everything that is the worn out tropes of uh you know the right-wing people that need blue pills all the time that have to hide it with the fake fake macho stuff and misrepresentations of, of masculinity and whatnot um you know all their all their worn out tropes are Self-defense, hunting, yada, yada, yada. Washington State's the epitome of where you would need that. And Washington State said, everybody chill out. You don't actually need it. I, uh, I, I, I agree with Washington State. You know, I, I, I believe in the Constitution as law. That doesn't mean I agree with the Constitution. So the Second Amendment is uh law of the land simple as that uh but to the morons that think that means they get everything they want well you're stupid well it's selfishness and um you know again another thing people have tried to weave religious fanaticism and patriotism and in with uh Ooh, I just came greed. up with a word when you said patriotism. I'm gonna call it patriotism. Well that's more on point for their brand. Yeah. Yeah. Well and honest to God, I think it would probably be fine if everybody if the assault weapons they're using were muskets. Right. As uh, as were the um, you know weapons of the day when the document was written, and of course people would probably need those if the fastest person there could only get get off three shots a minute, maybe. Um, versus you know multiple bursts of gunfire that's at this point in time just being used to rip the flesh off of children and teachers. So, it is indeed uh they well, I had a train of thought, and I guess it it's Wednesday, the day that your train of thought leaves the depot um 
yeah, I, I just completely blanked. Let's go back to Hatriotism. Uh, I wonder if I can buy that website. How would I? How would I? Well, you better it? jump on it before before one of our listeners does. Ooh, <laughs> I'm typing away right now. I am worried. I was looking at our stats. I'm going to add 100,000 to all the numbers if we talk about it. But, uh, you know, we're uh, we're not in single digits anymore. Well, that's a story. Well, you know, slow, uh, slow, slow and steady uh, uses the metaphor. I don't know if it wins the race, but it definitely indulges in uh, metaphors. Should we change the name of the show have... to that? Well, I think it would be. Uh, I think a better use of it would be uh, incorrect use of the word metaphor. That should go on um, a t-shirt. That should go on a t-shirt. Let me let me punch that into the old uh, t-shirt list. My North Carolina lottery winnings came in. Here to guess how much I won. Four dollars. Man, you think I could be all ecstatic like I am right now over four dollars? Well, I think you have a you have a you have a a, a a purity of heart and enthusiasm. So yes, I do think you can. Oh, that's sweet. Um. One dollar. I won one dollar. I feel like you could interchangeably use one and one, and uh, it would be the same experience. Wouldn't that be three? Oh, wait, there has to be another one there. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk a little housing. Yeah. Oh my lord. Riling me up at six twenty two in the morning. Oh right. great. Now the snorting has started. Um Yeah, housing prices uh it's a good time to be a seller if you have another option already. I guess it doesn't make a lot of sense to make a lot of money on your house just to overpay on the next house. But I'm not sure how all that works. Well, it's a, it's a uh, thing you have to be strategic about, but obviously, I mean, that's, and I mean, when I talk to people, if, if I'm dealing with residential folks, I, you know, that's well, the same thing I deal with anybody else. What, let's be clear about it. What, what are your goals and intentions? And let me explain to you the realities of the current marketplace and what your perceptions and goals line up with the realities of where we are. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like a lot of things in, in, in life. It's not a switch you flip. It's a series of dials you have to make adjustments to. Um, and, uh, 
And as I do when I piss off, you know, older racist ladies uh, in the greater Albemarle region, there is a process and you have to work the process. Um, but I would just sit down with people and say, so what are your goals? Why, what are your, what are, what are your motivating factors? A lot of people I, I work with uh, are going through transitional periods of life, whether that's getting married, getting divorced, uh, spouse passes away, parents get older, uh, family estate, or, you know, in some cases, a, a family business where the parents are retired or the parents have passed away. And so the children had been willed. And that's just another thing. I mean, people can look it up themselves. It's not necessarily a thing we need to talk to because neither talk about because neither of us are lawyers. But inheriting something and being willed something are two different things. And people generally, when they use the word inherit, they think that means somebody put their name in a will and they received it, which is not what it means. But oh, well, um, tell me because I'm one of those people. Oh, well, inherit would be, and and the North Carolina legislature is actually putting in. A bill right now. I don't have the number in front of me, but it's a uh, 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 uniform partition act. I think it's called. Let me click over here because I might actually have it open in a window. But um, basically, it would just restructure how to eliminate. I mean, that's one good thing. I mean, we you know everybody gets frustrated at, at you know the government and legislation and stuff. But I think it's mostly because people just. Uh, have not had an opportunity. I mean, it's funny when people on the right get into it because they hate education, hate this, hate that, and and are mad that you know people want to learn and get smarter. But um, in this case, it's about. Uh, I mean, the main difference is if you inherit something, that generally means that there was not a will in place. Uh, lawyers had not been consulted, and so whatever the uh, structure uh, that uh, the state or lo- you know whatever the whatever the main governing mun- municipality or whatever would have in place um, would be okay. Sorry, let me click on house. I had this I had this window open yesterday, which. Uh, if I can go back on a previous day's calendar and look. Um, uh, but basically, if you inherit something, there's not the, there's not a will in place. There's not intentional and in, uh, specific instructions from the party that passed away. Inheritance is just that they cut everything up and said, you get this, versus if you're willed something, there's an intentionality from the person who wanted you to have it and potentially in the way you received it. So it's more of a um, term of somebody was slack and didn't have a will? Yes, when inheritance is brought into play, yes. Okay, interesting. But because, and again, I'm not a lawyer, da, 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 I'm not Mr. Legalese. I mean, I happen to, I mean, I, well, I was not inadvertent because I study things and try to get smarter but um but uh i think you know again it's the way things are represented in media and 
it's it, it's just the way it's the way it's been presented so it's people are conditioned to think i mean i wouldn't say it's the mandela effect that's a weird thing about the mandela effect you know and for those people that have never heard of that it's you know, a lot of people misremember things like apparently i never thought this okay well in all fairness i thought harry belafonte had passed away several years ago didn't know he was still alive until right, yesterday. Right, right. Um, We've talked always about liked the Mandela Bella. effect before in a previous okay. show. Do you remember that? Right, right. I thought we had, yeah. And by, but, by previous, I mean a decade ago, Joe. In prison is when we talked about it. Yes. When we died in prison in the 80s. Well, um, yeah, and that's how we met. Hey, there's, there's worse. Yeah, what was that tagline? I used to, I used to have. There was a, another podcast in town I used to do, and somehow, and then we also for a while had done a afternoon drive show on a six hundred twelve hundred WSJS when they were before they changed formats. But somehow, one of the lines came up about uh, whatever the punchline was. Always, yeah, it's worse than a night in jail with Kip Winger, <laughs> but. But I need to send you that stuff because he does have uh, about the, the multiple layers of chord chord structure that I think complicate that could complicate the music. But I think his problem was that he had the Rob Lowe problem. You know that we, as a younger man he was just uncomfortably handsome. Right. You know, like a like a, and so people didn't want him. You know, I think a lot of rock stars, like ACDC, like they weren't handsome. I mean, they were they were nice dudes, but they were not what you describe as traditionally handsome cats. So women liked them, and men didn't feel threatened by them. Whereas, like with a Rob Lowe or a Kipling or that, women loved them, but men felt threatened. So, um, okay, sorry, house bills filed by day. Okay, let me go back to the 24th. Maybe that's the day it was filed. I had a friend that was, uh, I don't know, man. He seemed to be every woman's type. And we would go to the mall, and literally every woman would just stare at this dude. It was hilarious. I mean, he well, just... that's a weird thing, too. You, yeah, you never know if you walk into a place and everybody turns to look at you like, is there a is there something on your shirt or did someone carve a swastika in your forehead while you were asleep like you're not sure what what it's all about well i i don't really have that problem um but uh one time one time robert redford was asked uh because he, he was told he couldn't play a role and he was like why not and the director's like have you ever struck out with a woman? What do you mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's this concept you're talking about? I, I don't understand. Doesn't everybody just draw droves of women? Yeah. That's got to be, that's got to be strange. I'll check. God, what's, I mean, maybe you, you ever, you ever realize that you have odd, I mean, like, I noticed the other day, I don't know if it was yesterday, it was, I think well, it was in the last couple of days, because I guess Barbara Streisand had a birthday. 
Um, happy birthday, Barbara Streisand. Love to have you on the show. Um, uh, she said hi and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for some reason, just to me, for some reason, a young Barbara Streisand just. I don't know why it does it for me. I don't. I don't have any idea. I just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Just odd things, you know. Like I like I put hot sauce on just about everything. Like you know, you don't know why. You just for some reason it just seems right. And what uh what hot sauce do you use? <clears throat> well, I like. Uh, I mean, if you just go to the store, I mean, I'm not against, I mean, obviously, you know, like a Sriracha and Trader Joe's had their knockoff Sriracha and uh, Texas Pete. I mean, I'd grown up with Texas Pete. So obviously, you know, when you're a teenager and you're not going to put up with that anymore and you go off and try all these other things, and, <laughs> you know, because I'm an individual and I'm finding myself. Which well, of course, I laugh because something as uh irrelevant as hot sauce or brand can really create that kind of uh, uh turmoil within a family if they are obsessed over things yeah which i i don't know neither one of those are my cup of tea i like cholula oh yeah i love cholula love it yeah well that was the next one i was going to say was when i was in middle school i was introduced my parents were out of town for like two weeks and I stayed with these, this family that were still very good friends and they came to my mom's service and, you know, we'd see each other randomly and all this stuff. But they had two sons who were slightly older than me, but they were kind of like the, in my mind, they would not describe themselves as the cool kids, but in my mind, they were like these cool guys, you know, cause they were slightly older and, and it's the same reason I, I I think you and I are friends is I think you're like the older cool, the older cool kids that you just know stuff, but it's just because you've been alive longer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it you does just, help. You were just there for these these things in history. I mean, not necessarily in person, but like you have a firsthand recollection of just things that I was not alive for. That's just fascinating to me. It, uh, um, but they had Cholula, and I'd never had Cholula before. Right, right. So. Now, how hot do you like your sauce? Uh, there's a guy in, I don't know if he still works for Duke Energy or not. I think he does, but he had private labeled some stuff. And he, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get hurt. I mean, I don't mind if it's, I, I just don't want to be like, hurt I, I i like sweating and i like I, I i don't i don't need it every day but i like at some point to have a monumental experience but i don't need it every day uh but i don't want to i don't want to like get an ulcer from it um and i but i the main thing is I want to be able to eat it and it be an enhancement and not a distraction from the other flavors of the food. Okay. So, uh, would you be interested in doing a facsimile of the hot ones? hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. We got the stuff to do it. Maybe, uh, 
maybe we'll do a live podcast while we do those sauces. I like that. Yeah, we yeah, that would be uh I would need chicken fingers just cuz uh chicken wings would be a huge I mean maybe maybe part of the draw would be it would be a huge mess but um dude, I will wear food service plastic gloves to eat wings just to avoid that mess. Well, I'm scared. I mean, I don't, I don't want to have to shave my face to eat these things, but I'm also scared the stuff's going to get in my mustache or my beard if I have a full beard at the time, and then it's going to, like, burn into my skin. I, I have ordered a couple times. The I haven't ordered them from Hot Ones, but, uh, like, hot sauce, you know, like a box of multiple sauces. Uh, yeah. And I like them. Uh but it's like uh, Bespoke Post, if you've ever you've seen their ads. And and it's so weird because, like, I like some of the stuff, so I signed up and I, you know, get – I usually just get the hot sauces just because it's easy and I use them. But it's weird. And, God, I don't want to go – I mean, I don't give a shit what we talk about, but I, I don't want to get – but it's, it, it, I feel like it's, it's reaching out because I'd been on the website and looked at stuff, like, before I'd ever seen any ads, you know, promoting the website. Right, but it was reminded me when I saw the ads. Uh, the same way a lot of things, I wouldn't say I cringe because I'm kind of over it. But um, where normal things that I do that I don't think are kitschy or stereotypy, but apparently, inadvertently, I'm inadvertently linked to this huge audience of people who are. Like, I like the stuff because I'm curious to want to try these things. But unfortunately, the marketing for the website's like, we help out guys who don't know how to do anything. Well, Hey, do you not know how to make that. drinks or do anything or pick out your own clothes? And I'm like, fuck, of course I know how to pick up my own clothes. That's why I'm here because I like one or two things on the on the website. And I like the cigars and I like the hot sauces, you know, and the night, you know, just different things. But, but uh but I mean, I'm glad it's there to help to help people that may yeah I mean, early in their journey. Me and a friend of mine were uh, talking about building an app for that very thing, and we call it Ding, because every time you level up in a a game called World of Warcraft, it goes Ding, and uh, you know you level up, you learn how to put an ensemble together. I would say a vast majority of men, a uh, majority, a vast number of men have no clue how to, you know, iron clothes, wash clothes, cook. It is a, it is a gaping hole that fortunately for me, being surrounded by such guys, uh, makes me a viable option. Hence, my wife, I, if I'd have had competition, somebody uh, more capable and definitely better looking would have scooped her up. But uh, luckily, the typical North Carolina man is, you know, dumb, a.k.a. conservative. 
You still with me? I am. I was trying to think of a nice way to. I was like, well, you know, it's uh, I'd say it's a choice they make, but I feel like they they don't process the uh. That's woman work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lady I work. Know, man. I was like, I think by the time I was ten, I could have lived on my own. Well, I'm still, I, I'm still doing well to uh, fold my own clothes. Well, I say that as a dude. Whoa, who's whoa, got whoa, whoa! Let's not get extreme here, man. I'm. I'm not talking about like high functioning live on my own. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm down this rabbit hole looking for this bill because you were asking me about housing and we got yeah. into the, the. We did stray from that a little bit, didn't we? God, sorry. Well, that's the point of the show is that we uh, were going on a journey, but I mean, I guess a short thing while I while I traverse the pirate ship uh, while I talk about this, uh, you know, the housing thing. Again, is 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 just uh, I wouldn't say that it's it's the epitome of uh, the um, I'd say it's unique, but it's proactively representational of a lot of other things that that exist uh, currently in the world. You know, people people say this thing about, and I think people, well, because it's what people do, they'll use terms, but then. The people that are hearing the terms that are outside of the industry may not know what the context and uh, usage of the words are related to. So people say, well, we have a housing crisis. Most people, and I'm not specifically saying boomers, but uh, these are the boomers happen to be the ones I hear um, misunderstanding or misinterpreting it the most is that boomers think that it means uh or people of a certain mindset a lot of them are being you know right-wing conservative people think that it means uh we don't have enough new home construction and that's the housing crisis because in their mind a strong economy means brand new home construction right that's what they think it means uh more appropriate context would mean the affordability of houses uh, and affordability and availability, but they don't understand. I mean, this is specifically boomers and right-wing people. It's not everybody, but it's principally in this area where they don't understand the reason lots of people in the recent uh, experience that is America have not been out buying houses is that boomers have not retired. So they're keeping big money jobs. They're hoarding wealth and they have created a, a culture where hard work doesn't necessarily pay off getting a piece of paper from a, from a, a, university or college is what people are basing someone's value on and that opportunity is not open to everybody so you're bottlenecking the amount of people who can qualify to get jobs then they're getting murdered on student debt so how 
if and especially if these people are landlords, this is just a red flag that they're either in flagrantly intentionally dishonest or they have a kind of learning disability. Um, that at the same time, if they own rental property and they're and that they've gone out of their way to facilitate higher rent rates, well, if somebody's paying two thousand dollars a month in rent, they're paying utilities, they're paying for food, they're paying for gas, they're paying for insurance. Then they're also paying off student loans, which I don't know how much that would be nowadays. So we'll say maybe that's. $500 a month. So that's, so they're probably already up to almost $3,000 a month that they're paying out a month. If they're can't get a job where they're making at least $3,000 a month, how, how, how are they going to save money for a down payment that you might need, you know, minimum 10% down cash? And have the good credit when all these old bastards who are going out of their way. I mean, when, when the people that are causing the problem, that's what shoots me through the roof. When the people who are causing the problem intentionally for the last 50 years or longer ha- are the ones who are saying, well, what's the problem? We, well, can't you get it together? No. Yeah, They're the they, ones that created the problem. They are oblivious to the fact the rules have changed because they haven't changed for them. Well, but, but they are the ones who have created the negative environment, all the bad rules they've created, and they've gone out of their way to intentionally prevent any adaptation or implementation of more proactive uh, uh, solutions. Um, so, uh, so housing prices go up because there's not new construction people can't afford to buy the houses because they can't get the jobs they're not in situations where they can save money and so who ends up being able to buy these houses is you know multi-million dollar corporations who buy them and then rent them at or above the high rent prices, which is half the reason people can't save money to buy a house. Yeah. And yes, yes, most of this problem would have not exist if boomers had retired at an appropriate age and not been hoarding all the money. So, um, and when you, when you say that, do you just mean the, the high earning boomers? Because, as everybody gets older, not everybody's going to be able to uh, live off of the the social benefits that are set up. Do you well, think I'm thinking be a also forced retirement age? Uh, well, I think whatever the retirement age is, I think people should be. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the word forced, but I think they should. Uh, well, I guess it would force them out. I mean, I was going to say, um, if you're not going to voluntarily retire, then you need to start paying a substantially higher portion in taxes, and that money would be rolled over into proactive social programs to help empower people uh, to get them in a position which they would, wor- you know, they would actively be working to achieve. But because 
person A has not retired, person B can't do it. So if you're not going to retire, if person A is not going to retire and let person B take that job, then person A needs to be taxed higher and that those monies need to be rolled over into some programs to help person B right. who wants person A's job and should have it in a reasonable world. But because person A was selfish, person A uh, didn't save their money, which was always the big cry bitch fit thing that I heard growing up about, you know, personal responsibility, save your money. And all these same people, apparently, some reason didn't save their money. They weren't personally responsible. And all the people that said they were, these are specifically people I'm thinking of who were boomers who said this, who were screaming about, Social Security was stealing from them and the government was stealing their money and that Social Security's theft. But they want their money, which is weird because they just shit their pants for 50 years calling it theft. Oh, but they want part of the, the, the theft. After they just said it was stealing they had, and that it was crime, they now... Like, yeah, well, that's what happened to Ru- Ru- Rudy. Well, the same thing happened to Ru- Rudy Giuliani. The guy who had for five minutes been a hero and been, you know, a leading prosecutor against organized crime and, and, you know, finger quotes, America's mayor devolves into one of the most dishonest scumbags in the history of the United States. Man, he really is. I mean, damn. What a douche nozzle. He, uh, he is a bad man. I do not like him. Plus another person. Scalp. Yeah. Well, again, another another person who uh, who uh, uh, makes people that dye their hair give, tries to give them a bad name, which is unfortunate because I think you should have the right to shave your head, dye your hair, let it grow out, whatever you want. And it's, he's just trying to make people that dye their hair look uh, look bad. But uh, well, don't we anyway, all have that? Well, I remember. Don't we have that? an obligation that if we're going to do something, we're going to be effective at it? Uh, we, I think we think that, and that's our experience, but again, in this context of what we're talking about, about the generation of, you know, people that grew up after the war, they were not effective. You know, they never won a war. They never, they kind of lost at everything they did outside of arts and entertainment. So maybe a lot of times for them, um, they're subconsciously maybe in some cases their perceptions of achievement are only representational because the vast majority of them never actually achieved anything tangible so that it is only symbolic or only representational so where like we would see that that's a paper tiger like that's dust in the wind that's nothing they see it as um uh really achieving something and really doing all this when, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, people that, you know, would, would, would volunteer or be civically engaged one day a year, you know, like they might go work at a soup kitchen one day a year on Thanksgiving to pat themselves on the back and to give back. I'm a giver. They don't don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and they don't give a shit about homeless people the rest of the year. Yeah, that generation seems to have uh, been a whole lot of, look what my older brother or my parents did. 
look how good I am because of them. And then that, 100%. That's that sense the of entitlement, you know, everybody above them and everybody below them in the age range, they, uh, they feel like they should receive something. Uh, instant respect. Uh, their businesses should be uh, uh, patronized and they should be able to make good money and the people that work for them should be able to live off of minimum wage. And, and uh, you know, I had an argument with someone like that one time and they were really complaining about not being able to hire anybody for what essentially was a crap job. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, isn't the market telling you that you should pay more? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and just every bullshit spin on everything because he's being inconvenienced. And wow, if if there was a generation that can't be inconvenienced, it is boomers. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the inconvenience everyone else. Um, exactly. I was at a um, funeral in October of a guy that was roughly, it was a few years younger than my dad, but I mean, roughly my parents' age. Um, nice guy. Uh, I grew up with his, with his two sons. They were older than me. Um, so it was nice to see them. And, you know, you wish you could see people for situations outside of that. Um but uh, but he had been a like a top executive at Reynolds back in the eighties, seventies or eighties, uh, and they're you know they're telling these stories at the funeral and it's nice and all this, and then I'm thinking, and he's a nice guy and I'm not shitting on him, but I'm just thinking, this guy was in his thirties, and he was in, like a senior executive vice president at Reynolds Tobacco. People today would want those jobs, but they do not exist because the same people have been in those jobs, hoarding jobs and hoarding money, you know, which just puts me through the roof. Like I'm not into all the TikTok and all these different things, but the fact that boomers, I mean, it's, I mean, which is this, it's, it's jealousy. I mean, a lot of their stuff is jealousy, especially right-wing boomers. It's, it's not that they, uh, you know, when they complain about, liberal Hollywood, da, 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 you know, all this stuff. It's not that, I mean, it, 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 that comes from a place of jealousy because those people have achieved, it's almost like they achieved in spite of, in spite of and despite of the boomers, that the boomers put up all these artificial barriers, you know, hoarded traditional jobs and traditional paths of income but when somebody went out and the same reason small town people hate, you know, and I always say that shit about why is Hollywood so liberal? Why do all the liberals live in California? Because when they grew up in your town, you called them names and beat them up and told them they were going to burn in hell. So they left. And then a bunch of people that were ridiculed and persecuted got together and had a happier life than you incestuous rubes in your small town. So, but in the same kind of thing with, you know, uh, online influencers, whether it's Instagram or that, that's, when people are mad at that, that's because they're mad at and jealous of people. I mean, just there's occasionally, obviously, sometimes bad behavior or this or whatever, but obviously influencers are younger because 
they have to create their own new economy because boomers won't get out of the way and boomers have stifled uh, Gen X, millennials. I mean, they've, 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 you know, people your age and my age, I mean, some of them might get into Congress or might do this or might do that. But generally speaking, boomers have had such an iron grip to intentionally not let other people get into the thing. Literally, uh, Gen Z would be the first generation to get in to own these things and do these things because boomers are finally going to be dead. And no, we don't wish that that was the only way to do it, but boomers have created this environment voluntarily with that was their intentionality to create this world where they hoard everything and they don't let other people get stuff because they think it's a zero sum game of if they share, if they, right. if other people have something, then I won't have it, which I mean, of course you, you perfectly know, lines up with their Christian beliefs. I think what you're saying is effectively accurate, but they don't have to get out of the job. They just have to uh, not facilitate the removal of the same opportunities and, and, effective pay that they received, you know, because they could buy a house for a much smaller percentage of their overall wealth than everyone else can. And they could have bought a car for a smaller percentage of their overall wealth. And they could have gone to school for a smaller percentage. And they're the ones that changed that percentage. Then they, you know, it's their core scumminess that means more to me than them getting out of the way. Uh, they're not leading. They're not, they are, their uh, inspiration to others is to be even worse. So you end up with your Jeff Bezos and your, your, you know, people that just are bond villain rich. It, it, I, I wouldn't want to take away anyone's, uh, I think, inherent right to do what they want. And if they can do the job, then they keep the job. But uh, now that we are ruled by corporations and our corporate overlords, instead of, of people that should be able to cycle through leadership as politicians, AKA term limits. Um, that's what we need to change. You know, I, I don't know that I ever want to retire. I certainly want to stop working for uh, other people, but that's not really commentary about the people I currently work for. It's just, I may not necessarily want to go to work at eight o'clock every day, you know, like, for sure. Like, even if I want to work more, there has to be an arrangement that it is approved. And that that blows my mind, especially considering my particular situation at work, which you know, they're, they're very reasonable with. I have a pretty much an open arrangement that if I need to start early, I start early. You know, if I need to work late, I work late. But uh, that whole, uh, what's it, uh, paramilitary type 
corporate structure is uh, something I would rather be without. But anyway, I don't. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to stop working though. I I don't want to. I want to pursue my passions and potentially make money with that. But uh, right. But you want to grow that. But you want to be inclusive and help other people succeed. Your your goals are not. Well, that's very part true. of you achieving your goals is not to hurt other people or stop their ability to produce. Um, yeah, that 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 is extremely true. And, and but, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just say real quick, just to, to kind of put a bow on the boomer dollar thing. I had a conversation with a guy who is perceived to be very astute and intelligent. And sometimes he is. But he was r- ranting at me when we used to work together in 2012. And out loud said, and he was very, he was angry about it. He was worked up because he's a boomer and, you know, early onset dementia and all that overly processed foods. But I mean, he was ranting at me that $30,000 is any, is more money than any single person in their 30s needs to make. Okay. Spoiler alert. This person, I'm trying not to call him an idiot. So I'm looking at, when uh what year so if he'd have, so if he'd have been 32 in 1970 uh to 2012 when i was 32 let's look at what thirty thousand dollars would be worth okay I mean, 30 grand thirty thousand dollars go ahead yeah well, let me just say thirty thousand dollars in 1970 had the dollar value in 2012 of $177,000, right. $521,000. Okay. If you don't know the difference in that, specifically people of that generation that, you know, lost Vietnam and brought AIDS to the U.S. and all these things, literally you could not be any more wrong if you were marching in Poland in 1939. And, and I mean, they would it is just so- simply ignore that fact. Oh, they do. They do. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Which, and I don't know if we mentioned this before, but that's why I think they, they were so happy to turn the other way and do nothing when COVID happened because it gave them kind of all of their life, their generational experiences all in one thing, you know, or it was a disease they could spread everywhere. It was a war they could lose. It was something they could deny was happening. And it would financially negatively impact people that didn't look like them worse than it hurt them. So yeah, yeah, that that's true. Yeah. Uh, overall, they were they well they thought, and I had a conversation with a mutual friend of ours uh, early on. I was like, "This is going to vastly affect conservatives more than liberals." But at the time, the big cities were getting hit the worst. You know, mm-hmm. early on, that that's just how pandemics work and i would love to see the numbers man i I wonder uh i wonder what percentage are conservative death over liberal death as far as covid goes well i think percentages would definitely be more important because you'd have to have a ratio versus because obviously numbers wouldn't be reflective because when people live in larger groups they have to 
engage in a, in a proactively tolerant mindset and be more accepting of people, which would kind of eliminate them actually being you know, right wing uh, uh, people. Um, but I've never heard, and, and you know, I think we've heard lots of stories over the over the years with COVID and whatnot. As I traverse the pirate ship, where um, uh, you know, people specifically, which is always strange that you know, right wing people that claim to have faith and all this are always the most scared to die, which is weird because if you believed, you know, what you claim to believe in, you would be thrilled about it. But um, uh. That that you would hear these stories about was well, probably because they were COVID deniers, but where they would be screaming in the hospital as they were dying, COVID ain't real. I ain't dying. What's happening to me? What did you do to me? All this stuff. And it's like, no, they tried to help you. Uh, COVID was real. I mean, I met a lady, a very attractive, successful lady the other day, and somehow COVID came up and she straight up said, you think COVID's real? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, meat, meat, Meatloaf and uh, uh, Godfather's Pizza Guy are on a beach in Mexico with Elvis and Tupac. Exactly right. You think COVID's real? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And there's like probably to... someone that had it, too. And, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very possible. It's very possible. I don't – well, I know a guy, uh, a friend of mine. I mean, he's a, you know, a good friend of mine. Um who, uh, you know, I mean, he's not, well, he actually, he might be like the latest stage of Boomer. I mean, he's a younger vibe guy, so you wouldn't necessarily know it. And he's a nice, he's a super nice dude. He's not a, not a prick or anything, but, but he, uh, genuinely thought he could, uh, he was not going to get COVID and he just ended up getting it, you know, in the last couple months. Um, but I mean, you know, literally just thought like, I don't think he didn't think it was real, but just, he, you know, that don't need to get a vaccine. Don't need to do this. Don't need to do that. It's like, well, I guess you don't need to, but you want to increase your chances of, of uh, staying alive, you know, and maybe, and some people don't, which is fine. Some people can, you know, don't have to do anything to try to maintain or facilitate health and wellness. It's, that's, that's up to them. But obviously much like militant religion, when it stops being about your personal choice and then you, acting out against other people who disagree with you that's or you know are negatively impacted by your choices that's a, that's the difference if only someone had written a sweet monologue about that um was that supposed to be me oh you did write a sweet monologue about it i'm i'm excited to uh to do something with that it was i wonder i'm going to have to read it again and see if i can touch it up a little bit because I, I wrote it a very specific way and uh i might be able to broaden it a little bit but i on a on a very sad note uh i have to announce that my wife has left me she has just walked out the door to go to work and uh and it makes me sad I don't like it. I mean, you know, she didn't leave me as in ending the marriage. I didn't. I didn't mean to convey that. Yes, I did. So, but so we're not yeah. we're not going to Vegas today. Okay, got it. Got it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, she leaves me every day. 
I feel like there's a great song that popped in my mind about that. It's not Springsteen, but it's well, it'd have to be country. Well, that might be why it's 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 my brain's rejecting it. I don't know. I don't know. I kid. I kid. Uh, it, that commercial where uh, the the finger hits an incredible note, and the line is, "My heart is like a truck." And oh, just, Reba McIntyre. No, no, no. I think oh. I think it's somebody younger. <clears throat> but uh, seriously, guys, can't y'all sing about something other than a fucking truck every goddamn song? For fuck's sake, man. Ah, oh, it it just the the absolute tiny container they put themselves in is. It's got to be exhausting to maintain that facade of being as, it's not straight lace, but just this tiny line that you have to, to traverse to qualify to be in that click. I don't see the value in it. But again, it goes back to what we talked about. You know, they would rather be wrong in a herd than right and be alone. Oh, that's a hundred percent. And and anytime yeah. it's, yeah, no, it's a hundred percent. And they're, they're, well, because that's, that's, you know, what their religious beliefs tell them to do. Um, and anybody that doesn't kowtow and bend over and, and go along with the click, you know, that's, they're doing the work of Satan and they're da da da. And you better pray for them because they're going to burn in hell if they don't come over and tell you you're right. Meanwhile, you know, 10 minutes later, they're molesting a neighborhood boy. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them have done that. Well, again, that was my whole thing when we were, you know, that they, they put down that nonsense uh, bill. I'm trying to make drag shows considered a public sex act and about all this public safety stuff. And I'm just saying, if you can't, let's, if, if people are genuine about this, uh, about this, uh, concern about public safety and, and the, you know, the, uh, the safety of minors quote unquote, well then why don't you raise, raise the legal age of consent to 18 in the state of North Carolina? If you're that concerned about the safety and welfare of minors and also rush through aggressive legislation to make schools, churches, and all, all these things put in brand new bathroom stalls where there's not huge gapes on either side of the door where people can just creepily look at you while you're, you know, using the restroom. If we, if, if anybody was serious about protecting minors, how about start with that? Raise the age of consent and mandate bathroom stalls that actually promote privacy and not weird old, you know, boomer types or whoever looking, looking in the stalls at you while you're using the restroom. Then what am I going to do in my spare time? Well, I mean, who's going to vote for them? If I guess if they're attacking their, their one of their main voting blocks, I, I guess that's a, that's an important consideration. Okay. So I found that bill. Um, 
it's House Bill 548. So apparently this was filed April 4th. So it, it took, a, took them a minute to send it to us. Uh, and Senator Paulo of Forsyth County is one of the, or, uh, oh, filed in the Senate. I apologize. That's why I couldn't find it. I was looking in the House. Senate Bill 548. Uh, so in some of this, and some of this is just kind of a lot. I mean, obviously it's legalese. Uh, but I can send you a copy of it. Um, but basically, well, just to put people, things, people, do you think people are afraid of of a, of a collapse, and then all of a sudden, you know, they can afford their mortgage payment, but then they're underwater and they get foreclosed on? Is that a serious a serious risk still? Uh, well, I think it's always a risk, and that's that was you know the thing. Uh, that everybody and I was a conservative at the time. Whenever the the housing crisis and all this failed, and you know, um, uh, and all these things happened, and then the, the 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 bank bailouts that Obama did, or and I'm I'm a lot of that probably because I was conservative. I wasn't paying that much attention back then, but uh, part of the especially people on the right, obviously, because people on the left know better. People on the right, I mean, the ones who know, because there's nonsense people on the left, too. But for the purposes of this conversation, Indeed. the people on the right who, and that's got a mind, I mean, especially like dealing with legislation, legislators, people in the thing, there are a lot of, spoiler alert for those of you listening at home, there are some nonsensically milit people that claim to be militantly right-wing hyper all this stuff real estate agents if they got their way they wouldn't have careers because the american economy would be destroyed i mean america would be destroyed but small ball the economy would be wrecked they would not have careers and the the world would be in chaos if they if they got their way so um uh, yes, I mean that's that's for people that clearly choose to not understand because uh, the information's out there. You'd think also for the amount of people who hang their hat, hang their red piss stained MAGA hat on. Well, you got to do your own research. Can't trust, du -du -du, you know that nonsense. Meanwhile, the stuff that's actually grounded in reality, they don't want to uh, deal with. But. Um, uh, the American economy, again, is, well, maybe is the epitome. I was going to say, I mean, it's not even have to be described as contextually. The epitome of there's not one switch you flip. There are lots of dials you have to adjust. You know, if you, with your camera, you have to adjust the aperture. You have to constantly... It's not a case of we're going to put the camera here and get this shot and leave the camera here. No, we are making a production. You have to move the camera around. And in order to stay in focus, you have to do the thing. In the same way, with the economy, there's so many different factors. And the things I mentioned earlier about with boomers not retiring, which obviously they don't understand shit about the economy. Otherwise, they would have saved their money more, especially since they're the generation that screams Save your money, so even though it's you know, it's a generation of greed and 
hyper consumerism and materialism. But <clears throat> the you have to have, and that's the other thing. You know, <clears throat> they have the NIMBY crowd, the not in my backyard crowd, which always concerns. But it's the same thing, like people we know who. Uh, but I remember Bill uh, Billy Conley always had a great line about this, and there's a great interview I love of Billy Conley that I watched a couple times a year. Um, but he talked about things he didn't like, and it was I don't remember he, what the word was he described, and basically it was the speak left, vote right crowd, you know, where people would espouse progressive liberal values, but then they'd vote for all their conservative friends who would. But again, generationally, he was specifically talking about his generation, which was which was boomers. But um, there are so many intricate things in the structure. And again, I'm not an economist, but somehow I've become more knowledgeable than all the people that would tell you not to listen to me. Um, uh, there are so many intricate things, but like the NIMBY crowd, the not in my backyard crowd, as the American economy ages, unless, yeah, this is a nice way to describe it. Right-wing militant Americans, if you don't want multifamily units, and I'm in like townhouses, and we're not talking cheap rent-controlled things, we're talking townhouses or condos, it might start at 350. If you don't want those, you know, the not in my backyard crowd, the only way to not crash the American economy is if everyone, their parents' generation died at once. And so for a couple of weeks, you'd have to have an excessive amount of burials, excessive amount, excessive amount of crying and feigning religious, all this stuff. Unless you want everybody in your parents' generation to die all at once. You have to start investing in multifamily housing because people are downsizing. That will free up single-family residences for younger generations to buy. Otherwise, they're going to have to keep renting, and the rental rates are so high, they're not able to save money. So if we're not going to invest in multifamily construction, new construction, higher end stuff for older folks to transition into to free up all those single family residential houses for younger people to buy. The only solution other than an economic collapse is for everyone over a certain age in America to die at once, immediately at the same time. You know, I always found it interesting that the ability for people to pay for things is always how much things cost. You know, there are people back there figuring out exactly how far the populace can be pushed financially. And that's, that's what pricing is based on. It isn't any, uh, it isn't a coincidence that when a new necessity is introduced, that uh, somehow it becomes affordable. Internet, cell phones. You know, in 1990, <clears throat> you didn't have to worry about those costs, and you still were strapped for cash. Yeah, the cost of living index, and if anybody wants to look at it, I mean, literally, it's always, the economy always exists just to keep people out of it. I mean, it's a 
If people yep. go to AIER.org, the American Institute for Economic Research, they can do a lot of this work themselves and see what their dollar is worth today versus what the same dollar amount was worth in any year. I think, I think until, let me see what the earliest year is people can compare this to. Um, but yeah, I think we're right out of time. So they can go back to 1913 and see what their dollar is worth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, wait, wage levels have stagnated and, uh, and the cost of living has gone up. Let's Brother, have a great day. Have a great day. You too, man. Later. All right. See you.